blessings in Jesus' name. I welcome us to the concluding part of the revelation of the book of Daniel. We bless the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, precious, precious Holy Spirit. Amen. So we started to read the book of Daniel from chapter 1. And we've been able to do a lot of explanation up to Daniel chapter 9. And that's what we'll be looking at this precious day. Thank you, sweet Spirit of God. Bless your name, O God. I want us to please get our Bibles and just follow through as I read. We pray to God to give us understanding. Again, I need to also sound this again that it's important that we look into the book of Daniel very critically because I believe that the Lord wants his people to be spiritually sensitive about the things that must happen quickly upon the earth. Now, Bethel is a prophetic house. The Lord will always have us teach things that are in line with what he wants to do at the moment. So we're not just going through the book of Daniel because we love mystery or because we just want to understand a part of the Bible, but because these things are set to happen upon the earth really soon. So Daniel chapter 9, in the first year of Darius, the son of Hazarius, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So, Daniel needed to understand why the children of Israel were still held captive in Babylon. So he looked into the book of Jeremiah. And if we look at Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10, Jeremiah 29 verse 10 says, For thus saith the Lord, When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill you my promise and bring you back to this place. So there was a prophecy that went ahead of the children of Israel before they were even taken captive in Babylon. Now Daniel doesn't understand why they are still in captivity and wants to understand what is going on. So he took the book of Jeremiah and was praying to God for understanding so that he would understand why the children of Israel were still at that point where they are. So this means that Jeremiah was alive before the children of Israel were taken into captivity and he had already prophesied their release from from slavery and we would understand as we keep on reading. Verse 3 says, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek 
by prayers and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God. I made my confessions and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. See, I want you to understand that Daniel was a young man while he was taken captive. He was a youth. So probably was in his 20s. But by now, he's an elderly man because they had about two or three years before Jeremiah's prophecy came to pass. In verse 3, we see Daniel pleading for mercy even though the Lord had already promised them their freedom. It's very interesting that even though Daniel understood from the books that they have been promised freedom, Daniel is still praying to the Lord. Now, let's hear Daniel's prayer. I'll start from verse 5. He says, We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from the judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto the servants, the prophets, which speak in the name in thy name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, there through all the countries where whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass that they have trespassed against thee O lord to us belongeth confusion of face to our kings to our princes and to our fathers because we have sinned against thee to the lord our god belongs mercy and forgiveness though we have rebelled against thee neither have we obeyed the voice of the lord our god to walk in his laws which he has set before us by his servants the prophets Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the cost is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he had confirmed his words, which he spake against us, and against our judges that judged us, by bringing upon us great evil. For under the whole heaven had not been done, as had been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all the evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayers before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth. For we obeyed not his voice, and now, O Lord our God, thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt, which a mighty hand has gotten thee renowned. As at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem, and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servants and his supplications. And cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear, and hear, open thy eyes, and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken, and do 
defer not for thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Now, I want you to look at how powerful Daniel's prayers are. Daniel received from the interpretation of what he was reading on from the book of Jeremiah that there is a prophecy that says that the children of Israel will soon be released from slavery and they were about two or three years down the line. But this guy still humbles himself to ask God to forgive them, ask God for mercy. Let me continue to read from verse 21. From verse 20, rather, it says, And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, that's the evening sacrifice, and he informed me and talked with me. I said, O Daniel, I am now come for to give this skill and understanding. So Daniel was praying to the Lord concerning the children of Israel. There was a prophecy already that they would be released after a period of time. But he needed understanding of what should happen. He needed understanding of what would happen. So Gabriel appeared before him. And then we see in verse 24. Or let's look at it from verse 23. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth. And I am come to shield thee. For thou art greatly beloved, therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Verse 24 is key in this chapter now because we are going to understand the meaning of what Daniel read from the book of Jeremiah. So from verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Gabriel mentions six things. That the timing that the children of Israel were given is about. And I want us to look at it together. Verse 25 now. Okay, verse 24 still. To finish, let me read that because I have to flip over the page. 70 weeks are determined upon thy whole thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgressions and to make an end of sins. Let me read that again. It says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgressions and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliations for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy people or to anoint the most holy. Now, what I want you to see here is that Gabriel... Is giving a timeline and these 70 weeks here that is referred to in scripture is like a one and is like one and a half is like um, a year and a half but one thing that you should know is that according to ancient Hebrews when you talk about weeks it's a unit of seven so Gabriel is not just saying 70 years here it's not just saying 70 weeks here rather he's saying that 490 years is decreed for your people and the holy city the weeks here is a unit of seven so gabriel is talking about the summary of 490 years so within 490 years these six things are going to happen these are the things gabriel said will happen the first thing is to finish transgression 
to put an end to sin, to atone for iniquity, to bring everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the holy place. I'll take that again. Six things should happen within this period. To finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the holy place. So the last three things that Gabriel mentioned here are the things that Jesus Christ would come and do. Gabriel is even talking about the end of the tribulation period here. So it's very interesting. Because how do all of these things happen within the 490 year period given by Gabriel? If we look at this scripture closely, let's read verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. Gabriel is trying to indicate Jesus' first coming to Daniel. He says that it will start from the time of the going forth of the word. So the 490 year period will start from the time when they receive the word to go forth. And this is from the time when King Artaxerxes gave the Israelites free passage and even financed them to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That was when the clock started ticking, the 490 year period. The 490 year period that Gabriel is making mention of here. So the Jews were literally told when Jesus' first coming will be. Verse 26, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the... But not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with the flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. In verse 26, the Jews are even told that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, will die here. And one very interesting thing is we see that even though the walls are built back, Daniel is being told that the walls will be destroyed again. That an enemy will come in like a flood, which was Rome. Rome destroyed Jerusalem again and burnt the city down. So I want you to know something that is called the law of double reference. The law of double reference, it's a, it refers to two different events in the Bible. Hmm? The first event always foreshadows a future event. So anytime you talk about some of the things that happened in the day of Daniel, even though the event is occurring at the time of Daniel, it's still foreshadowing a future event to come. And now we're seeing something like to that here. Verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. That is, somebody is going to come in and stop the sacrifices that they usually give. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation. And that determined 
and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So here, Gabriel is not just talking about AD 70, where the Roman Empire turns on the Jews, but he's talking about a future event, and a future event is referred to. And verse 27 is not just talking about when the Roman Empire came in and destroyed Jerusalem. It's talking about the reign of the Antichrist. And this is even the time of the tribulation that has been referred to here. So let's go to Daniel chapter 10. Precious Holy Spirit, thank you for your love. Thank you, sweet Spirit of God. Thank you, sweet Spirit of God. In the third year of Cyrus of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. One second. Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ezra chapter 1 verse 1. It says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus said Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So we're talking about the rebuilding of Jerusalem there. But let me continue to read Daniel chapter 10 from verse 1. In the third year, so this is the third year of the reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twenty day of the first month, as I was by the side of great, of the great river, which is Hedekah, then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in lining, whose loins were guarded with fine gold of opals. His body also was like burial, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms as the feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone, and I saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face towards the ground. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hand. I mean, Daniel chapter 10, verse 
Okay, let's continue to read. 11. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken the word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten them, them, thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I'm come for thy words. Hmm. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Daniel chapter 10 verse 13 refers to angelic beings that have authority over nations. So you are hearing about the prince of Persia here. But this is referring to a spiritual topography over a nation. If you listen to my teaching on the angelic realm, you understand that there are powers and principalities which are cadres of angels put in custody of different territories and nations in fact. So, what we see here is Daniel's prayers being hindered for 21 days. God already answered him. God already gave him the understanding and interpretation of what he needed to know. And an angel was coming to deliver that to him. But the angel was withstood by another angel, which was in the dark realm now. And the Bible refers to this angel as the prince of Persia. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. That's twenty-one days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. So now we have a scenario of Angel Michael and Angel Gabriel fighting against the angel prince of Persia. Now let me give you a very big picture of what this looks like. You think it's just three angels fighting? No. That's not just three angels fighting. If you, I, 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 I encourage you to listen to my teaching on the angelic realm. You understand that the way angels operate, they operate like soldiers. So, in the band of Angel Michael, there are other angels. There are myriads and myriads of angels. In the band of Angel Gabriel, there are myriads and myriads of angels. And for an angel to be a prince over a kingdom of Persia, he has other angels underneath him. So it's a fight of different angels. It's a clash of many angels fighting. I want you to see the picture. Millions of angels fighting in the realms of the spirit over knowledge. Over knowledge. Over knowledge. The things that make men fight here on earth are are, are finances, women, landed properties, physical things. It shows you how valuable knowledge is in the realm of the spirit. Light is powerful. Angels fighting over light. Angels fighting over knowledge. Hindering Daniel from receiving knowledge. From this scripture, we can see that Michael is a prince angel over Israel. Verse 14, Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the later days. For yet this vision is for many days. So Daniel humbled himself to receive understanding of this vision. And it wasn't even for his time. It was for a later time. Lord Jesus. 
you see here when michael was able to come to when michael was able to come in with his guys to fight the angel prince of persia now gabriel had some opportunity to quickly come and deliver the message to daniel and return back we will see that in verse 15 and when he had spoken such words unto me i set my face towards the ground and i became dumb you can imagine the kind of light these angels come with the appearance of these angels that daniel planted his head in the ground when he saw this angel so these descriptions that we have of angels in hollywood angels looking like babies with uh, a halo on their head <laughs> that's a wrong description of what angels look like they are fierce looking beings they are fierce their parents are fierce daniel chapter 10 gives us from the beginning path from verse 6 we see a we see a description of what one of the angels look like gabriel verse 16 and behold one one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips then i opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me oh my lord by the vision my sorrows are turned up my sorrows are turned upon me and i have retained no strength for now for how can the servant of this my lord talk with this my lord for as for me straight straightway there remain no strength in me neither in is there breath left in me then there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man and it strengthened me so there are times when we receive strength that isn't ours there are times when we receive supernatural strength from angels the angel touched Daniel and again strength entered into him. Verse 18. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me. 19. And said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, ye, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened. See, double strength. And said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. So you need strength sometimes to even receive the word that comes from God. 20. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I come unto see unto thee? The angels asking, Do you know why I'm here? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia? And when I'm gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. Hmm. Do we remember the image of Nebuchadnezzar, the head of gold? The chest of silver, the stomach and thighs of brass, the legs of silver, I mean the legs of iron and the feet of iron and clay. Exactly. What Michael, what Gabriel is saying here, what angel Gabriel is saying to Daniel here is that he's going back to continue the fight against the angel prince of Persia. And when he's done fighting, the angel prince of Persia, the prince of Grecia will come and they still have to fight the prince of Grecia. So these were rulers of spiritual, these were spiritual wickedness, rulers of darkness in high places. So they are principalities and powers in charge of territories and in charge of nations. Whatever you see happen physically, is always a result of what is happening in the spiritual topography of nations. It meant that 
after they were done fighting with the prince of Grecia, also they will still fight with the prince of Rome because Gabriel is saying here that after fighting with the prince of Greece of Persia, the prince of Grecia will come. 21. But I will show thee that which is noted in scripture of truth. And there is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael your prince. Michael your prince there means that Michael is a prince angel over Israel. Daniel chapter 11. I want you to take your time and listen to the angelic realm. It will truly bless you. You understand the angelic keda and all of that. Daniel chapter 11. It's a long read. It's about 45 verses. So I would skip some, but I will definitely explain. Also, in the first year of Darius the Medi, even I stood to confirm and to strengthen him. And now will I show thee the truth. Behold, there shall stand up yet three kings in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than they all. Verse 3 is talking about Alexander the Great. And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. I want you to know that um, Alexander the Great... Let me, let me read verse 4 to 6, then I'll explain something to you. Let me start from verse 3. And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided towards the four winds of heaven and not to his posterity, nor according to his dominion which he ruled. For, the, for his kingdom shall be plucked up even for others besides those. Now, Alexander the Great started ruling in Greece maybe at the age of 20. And I think he died at the age of 32 or 33. He was an alcoholic. So he probably died of alcohol poisoning or poisoning, you know, of alcohol in the blood. The alcohol level in his body was too much. And I've already explained in previous chapters that other kings took over him. Other generals which are underneath him, four of them took over from him. Because they didn't expect that he would die at that time. So they were able to retain a part of his kingdom. Verse 5. And the king of the south shall be strong. And one of his princes and he shall be strong above him. And have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion. And in the end of the years they shall join themselves together. For the king's daughter of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement. But she shall not retain the power of the arm. Neither shall shall he stand nor his arm. But shall be given up. Given up there means die. And they that brought her, and he that begat her, and he that strengthened her in these times. I want you to understand that um, this story here about the king of the north and the king of the south. The king of the north referring to the king of the north referring to Egypt. The king of the south referring to Egypt, while the king of the north referring, referring to the Solo Set Empire. So Israel was in the middle of the king of the north and the king of the south when all of this catastrophe was happening between them. So Israel was the one probably bearing the brunt of this their war. Now, what we see from this scripture is that the king, 
the king let's read verse 6 and the end of the years they shall join themselves together for the king's daughter of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement so the king of the south the king of the south's daughter marries the king of the north even though the king of the north already had a wife now what happened was the king of the north left his he he left his wife to marry this lady from the south and his wife then kills this new wife he married and after a period of time this man goes back to marry his ex-wife and then his ex-wife now kills him isn't it crazy so verse 7 says but out of a branch of our roots shall one stand up in his estate which shall come with an army so her brother took over power her brother took over power and continued with the fight and shall enter into the fortress of the king of the north and shall deal against them and shall prevail and shall also carry captive into egypt their gods with their princes and with their precious vessels of silver of gold and it shall continue more years than the king of the north so the king of the south shall come into his kingdom and shall return into his land but his sons shall be stirred up and shall assemble a great multitude of of forces and one shall certainly come and overflow and pass through then shall he return and be stirred up even to his fortress and the king of the south shall be moved with Chola and shall come forth and fight with him even with the king of the north and he shall set forth a great multitude, but the multitude shall be given into his hand. And when he had taken away the multitude, his heart shall be lifted up, and he shall cast down many ten thousands, but he shall not be strengthened by it. You know, liberal scholars actually struggle with the book of Daniel because they don't believe that Daniel actually wrote this book. Because Every single thing that Daniel prophesied in this book happened in details. In details. So it's just shocking how Daniel was able to see these things word for word. So liberal scholars struggle with accepting that this book of Daniel was not written after the events, like a historical book. Because it is spot on, spot on accurate about historical events that happened. And this book is prophetic. These things haven't happened before Daniel received them. Again, I said that the king of the south is the king of Egypt, while the king of the north is the Soloswet Empire. Verse 13, For the king of the north shall return and shall set forth a multitude greater than the former, and shall certainly come after certain years with a great army and with much riches. And in those times there shall many stand up against the king of the south, also the robbers of thy people shall exalt themselves to establish division, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come and cast up a mount and take the most, the most fair cities, and the arms of the south shall not withstand. Neither his chosen people, neither shall there be any strength to withstand. Um, let me read verse 16. But he that cometh against him shall do according to his own will. Now, this reign of the king of the north and the king of the south 
it goes down. It's a war between the men who took over Greece. Now, verse 16 says, A new person comes into the scene. He cometh against him. He that cometh against him shall do according to his own will, and none shall stand before him. This is talking about Antiochus Epiphanes. Antiochus Epiphanes again returns to the scene, like many of the dreams and visions that we saw about Daniel. He shall look at verse 16, the big part, and he shall stand in the glorious land, which is Jerusalem, which, which by his hand shall be consumed. He shall also set his face to enter with the strength of his whole kingdom and upright ones with him. Those shall he do, and he shall give him the daughter of woman, corrupting her, but she shall not stand on his side, neither be for him. After this shall he turn his face unto the isles, and shall take many, but a prince for his own behalf shall cause the reproach offered by him to cease. Without his own reproach, he shall cause it to turn upon him. No, I cannot read the whole of Daniel chapter 11 because it's a lot of read. It's a lot of reading, and I don't want to bore us. But what verse 16 all the way to verse 45 actually talks about is. Antiochus Epiphanes. And I said that this man, during his reign, he set up an altar to Zeus in the holy temple of God. And he sacrificed a pig. He killed a pig there. Verse 31 of it says, And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that makes desolate. He killed a pig. And then sprinkled the blood in the altar on the sanctuary and forced the Jews to eat this pig. And the pig was considered as an unholy, unholy animal during that time or during the times of the Jews. Even till now, many Jews still, they still consider a pig as an unholy animal. And um, I also said something. I said that there's something called the law of double reference. The law of double reference refers to two different events that occur. The first event always foreshadows a future event. So even though Daniel is talking about the reign of Antiochus Epiphanes, in the Bible here, he's not just referring to the timing of Antiochus Epiphanes coming in to desolate the temple but it's also referring to a future time a future time where the antichrist will come on the scene and desolate the temple of god and jesus made reference to this in matthew chapter 25 where jesus christ says that when they see a sign of the temple being desolated that this is a sign of the end. That is the mark of the end. That will mark the beginning of the tribulation period. In fact, the bad guy on the scene this time is going to come on stage and destroy the world with peace. That's why Jesus Christ said, I've come to give you peace. Not like the peace that you see here on earth. Mm -mm. That's a false type of peace. I've come to give you 
another type of peace and to give you that peace in abundance. Let us look at Daniel chapter 12. And at the time, and at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. Look at Daniel again, the great prince. Daniel, I mean, sorry, look at Michael again, the great prince. Michael here, like I said, is a prince angel over Israel. Michael is the prince angel over Israel. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble. This is talking about tribulation period now. Such as never was seen since there was a nation, even to that time, to even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting content. And that, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Look at what the Bible says here knowledge shall be increased. It doesn't say wisdom. Knowledge shall be increased amongst people like our time. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard a man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the rivers, when he held up his right hand, and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and half. And when he shall have completed to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Okay, when he has accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Now that's three and a half years. That's the greater year of tribulation. It's divided into two parts. We have the first three and a half and second three and a half. So it's actually a total of seven years. Some scholars say seven and a half, but there's... A first three and a half and the second three and a half which makes a total of seven and i heard but i understood not then said i oh my lord what shall be the end of these things and he said go thy way daniel for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end daniel still wanted to understand what shall be the end of these things but he was told that the words are closed up and sealed up for a time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days here talks about the three and a half years the greater year of tribulation blessed is he that waited and cometh to the thousand three hundred five and thirty days but go thou 
thy way till the end be. For thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. But go thou thy way till the end be. For thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Hmm. We bless your name, Lord, for giving us the grace to study the whole of the book of Daniel. I believe strongly in my heart. Now, this is the prophetic part of this session. That the Antichrist will be revealed in 2024. You will see. It will start with signs of catastrophe. Catastrophe. Signs of catastrophe. Economic meltdown. Radiation in the atmosphere. Wars. Panic. False news making people run out. Hailstones. I tell you. Strange phenomena in the heavenly bodies. But all of these are not the signs of the end. Jesus says we should look out for when the temple will be made desolate by an abomination, by this son of perdition. The Bible says that God has been restricting the Antichrist from being revealed. We've seen from the book of Daniel that the Antichrist has always sought to reveal himself before time. I strongly believe that we are in the end of the end of times. And whatever we do now doesn't matter. Imagine people who were before us running. They ran well, but now they've handed over the baton to us. If we fail to run well, we've wasted their efforts. It is time to evangelize more. It is time to reach out to more souls. The Bible says that those who win souls, they will shine like stars forever and ever. They will shine like stars forever and ever. The Lord is calling you into a deeper walk with Him. This precious new year, the Lord is calling you to love Him like you've never done. The Lord is calling you to be more intimate with Him. Because these things that the book of Daniel indicates will happen quickly upon the earth. They will happen quickly upon the earth. They will. They will. And it's not God's intention for anybody to be cast away or left behind when the rapture happens. Lord God, I pray for your people. I pray, Lord, your word says that you are able to keep us holy and whole, spirit, body, and soul, blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, keep your people safe. Keep us, Lord, making the right, right decisions every day of our lives. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to your spirit. Now the Lord lays upon my heart to raise the prayer of, of restitution or the prayer of salvation. Lord Jesus, have mercy upon my soul. Forgive me of my sins. I have sinned all my life. Forgive me, Lord. Wipe me with your precious blood. Wipe me with your precious blood. I accept your Lordship over my life. I believe that you died for me and you resurrected after three days. And through you, I am now saved. I receive the precious gift of your Holy Spirit. Write my name in your book of life. Amen. I want you to say that prayer loud and clear to yourself. Loud and clear to yourself until you know within your spirit that you are now saved. I want you to enter into the new year free of baggage 
let go of every negative thoughts, every negative patterns. Forgive, 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 forgive. Don't let the past hold you back. You know, in one of my teachings, the fractions of time, I said there that the past does not exist. I divided time into the past, the present, and the future. And I said the past doesn't exist. The past doesn't exist. It's just an imagination in your mind. Go back to that place where that event happened. Everybody has moved forward. Even the physical things you see there, they've moved forward. They are not in the past anymore. They're in the present. Even if you have a scar from a place you call the past, the scar is not your past. The scar is there with you in the present. The past doesn't exist. It's gone. Let go of hurt. Let go of pain. Let it go. Jesus loves you. And he wants a great relationship with you. The Bible says that all things are passed away. And the old is made new. You are now transformed into light. You are blessed in Jesus' name. God bless you. Better it is well with you in Jesus' name. Amen.